like spice of, of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. But myrrh actually, it was like worth its weight in gold. Yeah. You know that? So really? like they gave them a lot of costly gifts and it's speculated that Mary and Joseph may have used those and hawked them, so to speak, yeah. to pay for their flight to Egypt to get yeah. out of there. Because yeah. they had to go live somewhere else and set up shop in a new land. Yeah, because Herod was literally smoking babies. <laughs> like, just <laughs> walking through. And Ever. Just... I've heard somebody refer to it as smoking babies. <laughs> he was just murking it's all these babies. very sad situation. Sad I don't situation think we should be laughing happened. about that. It happened uh, 2,500 years ago. Well... Just Welcome to Biblical Lenses, a podcast about viewing the world through the lenses of the Bible. We release a fresh podcast every week. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Yep. Okay, here we go. Um, Three, two, one. Jingle Bells. Uh, Batman Smells. Robin laid an egg. <laughs> yep, okay. I didn't know if you were going to go traditional hey, or not. Look. <laughs> I was really... That's the test. That that yeah, is. That's the test. Yeah, if you go from Jingle Bells to Batman Smells, you know you know you're in the right area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those no, are friends good. among. I admit, you said Batman Smells, and I had to say Robin laid mm -hmm. an egg because mm -hmm. I'm 10 years old. There was like seven different variations of that, and there was even one with our elementary school where it was like we had we basically got a little terroristic on our school. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't even remember what it was, but uh -huh. it was like involving like. Like being like I don't know it was involving a lot of violence within the school and looking back on that now I was like huh? this is not this is not fit for 2020 no this is not, not fit at all. for the age that we live in anyway yeah, that was no. a that was a 90s 2000s kind of thing that's that you weird did. I'm yeah. interested, I'd be interested to hear what all the the little I don't even violent limerick is that your little yeah, we Midwest were town came up junior with your hires you know uh, the Midwest is also where bad things happen mm -hmm. so. Um, hey, welcome to the well, really depressing intro to the it Christmas really was. episode. I mean, I am so sorry. Oh man, um, it's Christmas, twenty twenty. Christmas, oh, thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. The year's almost done. Year's almost done. <laughs> yeah. Old Saint Nick is coming soon. He'll make it feel better. Yeah, right. Um, and we're gonna talk about Christmas in all of its forms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start a little. We'll, maybe we'll we'll touch on a little history of Christmas. History of Christmas. Some misconceptions of Christmas. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, at some point, what what are the what do the Christians think about Christmas? What are we doing here? Yeah. What do we do? It's just it's it's Coca Cola ads with a fat pretty man much. In a red suit, pretty much for yeah. us. Yeah. And that Hallmark cards. Polar bears. Yep. The polar bears. That's all we care about. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Before we get too serious, what is your favorite? Christmas kind of like memory Ooh. as a as a child. Ponder on that. And while Nolan ponders on that, let me get you to ponder on the fact that uh, we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. That would be your gift to us this holiday mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. um, so subscribe on whatever podcast player you listen to podcasts on. Give us that five-star review. Write a little something nice. And uh, again, we, we would love and appreciate that. All right, let's talk favorite Christmas memories. Let's go. Yeah, favorite Christmas memory. Um, so every Christmas, uh, my mom makes like just an assortment of cookies. Um, and some of them have like these, uh, this raspberry jam on them with like brown sugar. And Ooh. it's like, I don't, I can't describe it, but it just, when I think of Christmas, I think of those cookies and then I think of like, I remember vividly my house. My house was very old that I grew up in, uh, 1800s. Okay. And just like we had the Christmas tree and the presents and it was warm, but it was like freezing outside in mm -hmm. Indiana. Yeah. And it's like, that's just Christmas to me. And so I've spent the last, you know, what, 11, 12 years in mm -hmm. Hawaii and now here yeah. in Texas. Uh-huh. And I, I long for a white Christmas. Okay. Like cool. I would love it just to snow 
45 inches here. It That's never disgusting. will. I recognize that, but... That was a quintessential, beautiful little Midwest Midwestern Christmas yeah. memory you had. I tell you, when I when I posited the question of Christmas memories, there's a lot of memories that, and I didn't pre like like plan that mm-hmm. question. There's a lot of different memories that could have come to my mind. Unfortunately, here's the memory that came to my mind. Here's the memory that came to my mind. I think I was ten. Okay, and I hated the bicycle that I had brutal i brutal it was a it was a beater yeah and i heard my mom on the phone with an aunt talking about whether or not she thought i deserved a new and better bike (laughs) so i went into the garage yeah and i got the old hoopty bike and i went outside and i started to wash the bike when my mom came out later and saw me washing the bike she said what are you doing with that old bike and i said I'm thinking about giving it to a child who doesn't have a bike this Christmas. <laughs> she said, why would you do that? And I'm not even kidding you. I looked her in the eye and said, because I think it's better to give than to receive. <laughs> Dude, you were a and great that was a manipulator. the Christmas year. Oh that was gosh. the year that I learned how to manipulate people. <laughs> was then and it was my mother and i'm sorry if you're listening mom that's a true story um boy oh boy that was rugged i repent of that hey you Um, should man but i'm gonna tell you something yeah i got a new bike hey (laughs) i got a new new bike mon you got a mongoose i got rid of that old huffy from the 80s uh, what what is it called the uh the little uh things on the on the wheels that you can rail slide on i got pegs yeah pegs that's what it's called yeah the manipulation worked out okay that's so unfortunately, that's where I went. I mean, because I'm a sinner. Hey, and that's I'm all right. In need of grace. You were. Hey, you had. You were very smart. My mom and dad were just pretty much like, "Hey, what do you want?" Like I was that kid in elementary school that was like, "Santa's not real." You know why? Oh. I watched my mom and dad. They asked oh. me, "Hey, what do you want?" And I say, "I want a new Buzz Lightyear." And then a new Buzz Lightyear shows up. Yeah. What a surprise! Good you times. know? Yeah. It's yeah. not like, oh, right to Santa. My dad had this little uh, thing. He was like, you know. You rearrange the letters in Santa, it's Satan. And I was like, ooh. So forever, I, I no, thought, uh, you know, I, maybe as a joke, but as a little kid, I was like, Santa's Satan. I know it now. Oh, really? I've, I've discovered the truth. You should have looked him in the eye and said, oh, really, Dad? Then C.S. Lewis, apparently, really made the wrong move by putting Santa in the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, that's why I think it was probably a joke, but as a little kid, I just yeah. didn't have the forethought to think about that. I was like, yeah, Santa's the devil. Okay, so that's a great... Okay, yeah. let's dive in. That's a great first topic. Oh, let's great. talk about Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about parents, yeah. loving Christian parents yeah. that don't let their children... Some Okay, some, yeah. like myself, mm-hmm. uh, from the very beginning, we told our kids that Santa wasn't real. Man, you are oppressive. Oh, don't... I don't know. I'm Shut just up. joking. I'm just kidding. Shut up. Yeah. So some Christian parents like me don't tell their kids that Santa is real, uh-huh. but we tell them that that it's that's not the reason for the season. Yeah. But other Christian parents would go so far as to say, don't even like Santa in a church, Santa in a mall. That is Satan. <laughs> yeah. And what then you, there, what do you think about that? And well, and then there are other Christian parents that, that are literally just like, I will tell my kid about Santa and he is real yeah. until, you know, until he's 17. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so I, uh, I will say this. Um, I, do we tell kids about Santa? You know, I think that it's not necessarily a bad thing to like, mm-hmm. let your kids have an imagination. Like, I don't think any adult is like, 
Oh, yeah. No, Santa's the reason for the season. Right. Like, any Christian adult's not going to, like, even if they grew up believing in Santa, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, Santa's the, like, Santa's the reason for the season. Right. Like, it's one of those things that you just, rec- like, even as a non-Christian, sure. you just recognize, like, Santa's this fun little guy that, like, people believe in, and, like, that's that's it, you know? It's, it's kind of more engaging the imagination than it is anything. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But here's, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah, right go now. Ahead. Um, I mean, you, you literally believe that you should tell your kids that you shouldn't tell your kids about Santa. So yes. You're not I, playing devil's advocate. You're okay. playing Jesse's advocate. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing my own, okay. my own advocate. Side note. I want to be very, very honest about this. Yeah. The other day, one of my kids told another kid in the neighborhood that believes in Santa, that Santa's not real. Uh-oh. So I am the parent of a child who just ruined Christmas of a bully of for a another bully. Well, he is kind of a, he's a Grinch. Yeah. More than anything. <laughs> he's a Grinch. Hey, I'm going to be straight on honest here. Yeah. I will tell Titus as quickly as possible that there's no Santa. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm just, Sounds I'm going to be brutal. that person and I'm, hey. gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm going to walk up to him and be like, Santa's not real. We put all the presents underneath your table, underneath the tree. Yeah. Deal with it. You're welcome. Yeah. So, but here's just a little Mm FYI's, little from one father to another. Yeah. When you get a text message from a parent in your neighborhood that goes, how dare you? How dare you? And your stupid family tell my son that Santa is not real. You're going to have to deal with that then. There's a little bit of guilt that falls there. There's a little bit of the, your heart yeah. hurts for what you've done. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know that's a possibility. But okay. here's what we do. Well, here's what we have told the kids yeah. is Santa. If for those of you listening out there that don't know, there's a real person. Yeah. Santa Claus. Santa was Claus. Trans, was translated from Sinterklaas, which comes from Saint Nicholas, Saint who was Nicholas. a man named Nicholas that was sainted by the Catholic Church. He was the Bishop of Myra, which is modern day yep. Turkey. Yep. And he actually did give out gifts and presents because he was an orphan. Yeah. He loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. He fell in love with Christ. Yeah. He received the gift of grace from Jesus. He did. And he gave presents to those that didn't have it yeah. around that time. And he also yeah. punched fellow bishops in the face he did. for hypocrisy. That's right. Not hypocrisy, sorry. Um, uh, for uh, No, not hypocrisy. Um, oh my goodness. What did he punch him in the face for? It was, I'm trying to think of the actual technical term. Basically, so, like they had differing views of theology. Yes, and blasphemy. It, it, blasphemy. Yeah. That's exactly what I it tell was. You, the Santa that I want to tell my kids about Dude. is the kind that punches <laughs> dudes in the face. Literally got, they were, they were in a like debate and at a council where they're debating the divinity of Jesus and he literally, they, they get super Superheated, which it's it wasn't uncommon in these yeah. in these days to get superheated, sure. and then it just ends up in an all out brawl, right? Um, but I like to think of Santa Claus as that kind of person. Just yeah, rolls up the sleeves, and rolls just up the sleeves, yeah, just yeah. just cracks him in the face. It's good times, but that's the reality of who Santa is. So yeah. we told our kids at very at a very young age, hey, Santa was a real man, mm-hmm. yeah, who loved Jesus mm-hmm. and who served Jesus with his life. Yeah, I think that like. Having having kids that are Christians and not believing in Santa Claus, like I think it's a really good opportunity to show kids at a very early age what witnessing to others looks like. Because hmm. here's the thing: is that there's a certain group of people that believe in in a certain something, and you don't want your kid to be that kid. Like no, no matter who you are, you don't want your kid to be that kid. My kid that, that kid. ruins Christmas for somebody. Well, my kids that kid. Well, it's That's probably my... unintentionally. I mean, yes. it's like it's not like you know your kids are going out there going Santa's not real and eat it, fools. It's well, like, I did tell them that on Sunday. I was I, like, I, you go around you tell people shove it santa's stupid no i didn't tell them that at all um so it's like i think it's a really good opportunity for little kids to learn how to kind of like 
navigate the intricacies of conversation. So you might have a kid saying like, oh yeah, Santa's going to get me this for this year. Or, or you know, right. Santa's going to give me that for that year. It's like, it's a good opportunity to teach them like, hey, like you don't have to tell somebody Santa's not real. Like yeah. they believe that and they're going to find out eventually like no adult, right. unless they're psychotic, well, believes in Santa Claus. Yeah. And so it's like, it's a really good opportunity just to say like, hey, like learn how to engage in the conversation, but also don't destroy their like yeah. their view of like what's going on here. Yeah, we have had that conversation, and uh, you know sometimes my eight year old does well mm-hmm. with navigating complex communi- communicative. That was a bad way. Yeah, to say. You did a great job. Yeah, yeah. He, he he navigates those conversations poorly. Yeah. Sometimes he navigates them well. <laughs> um, this yeah. is a time where he navigated them poorly. And um, he's gonna learn from it. He's gonna know? learn from it. Yeah. You know, but um, I do think we we've never had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids have never had a problem with it, but we've tried very hard to make sure that Jesus is the center. Now here's a, we were talking before the podcast, things we should talk about. That's, that's a misconception that yeah. people have. Like Santa Claus is mm-hmm. maybe just some sort of invention by Coca-Cola in the 1940s or 50s. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. Well, he, the, the caricature of mm-hmm. Santa Claus was, but it came from, it came yeah. from history, right? Yeah. What other misconceptions or mm. kind of weird hallmark kind of Christmas things are actually things that we need to kind of talk about and reclaim as Christians Ooh. for the season of Christmas? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a couple of ch- uh, couple of churches that I've been to, one specifically, um, has always done like a reclaiming of Christmas, um, and I. D- I've always thought like maybe we're reading a little bit too much into it, but I don't know. I, I I'm not. I don't have the doctorate. Our pastor did, so I don't want to like push too hard on this. But yeah. um, you know, like a lot of people nowadays will will say basically like Christmas was based off of a pagan holiday, and a lot of the pagan um, traditions that they had yeah. were uh, you know were basically just brought in. So even like an evergreen tree, sure. You know, it's like like I have some friends that are like you can't ever use an evergreen tree because people used to hang them upside down and it was for, I forget something demon worship or whatever. It's like, okay, calm down. Like Jehoshaphat, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's typically one of those kind of people. It's like, are we talking talking about winter solstice here? Exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's just, we can dive into winter solstice. It's like, so, but I think like that's the misconceptions because a lot of people have these misconceptions where they say like, Oh, well, you know, winter solstice did this and this was for, you know, pagan worship. And now we've just adopted it into Christianity. And it's like, you know, like our pastor did a really great job when he explained it. He said like, look, evergreen trees are everlasting. If you plant an evergreen tree, it can live in any season. It will live, you know, for the, like for as long as it it will, it never dies. It never wilts. Like, and Mm -hmm. that is believing in Jesus Christ. And it's like, oh, I can reclaim that as a Christian. Now, when I see an evergreen tree, I don't think, oh, I'm I'm worshiping Beelzebub. Right. I think, man, Jesus Christ has died for my sins and now I will live everlasting. Well, there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions in that little string of things that you're putting together there. Like yeah. number one, um, like winter solstice happened around like the end of December. Mm-hmm. It became Christmas, what we know as December yep. 25th, because the Christians said, hey, there's a big festival going yep. on every single year. Yep. What better thing to do than to go out and evangelize yeah. and reclaim this thing that they're doing mm-hmm. and bring it like over here, over yeah. yonder towards our side of the pond and say, yeah. no, we're going to reclaim certain things. Hey, you're doing that with a tree. We call it everlasting life. You're doing that with the light. We're going to talk about the light of the world. You're doing that with a candle. We're going to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They reclaimed a lot of stuff. And I'm going to be really honest. 
Christians are thieves. Because yeah. we kind of stole the the Easter season as well. Yeah. We were like, guess what, Ishtar? Yeah. We're calling this thing Easter. And yeah. we're, it's all about the resurrection. Yeah. Because if you know your history, Jesus was not born December 25th. Exactly. Another misconception. Yep. People are like, we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Like a year and a half late, doll. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Well, not a year and a half. I mean, that, that, well, hey, six happy, happy year late. Yeah, yes. A lot of people yeah. think it was well, probably probably uh, July, August. Well, and here's why. Want to know historically? Because uh, it says that the angels came to the shepherds to the shepherds while they were uh, in the fields at night. Mm-hmm. So shepherds would shep. They would stay out in the f- <laughs> shep, shep, so to speak, out yeah. in the fields with their sheep at yeah. nights during the summer kind of like months. Yep. So they would not stay out there during winter, mm-hmm. right? They would not stay out there during like fall or spring. Mm-hmm. It was during the summer. So you actually have Jesus's birthday somewhere between June, July, August yep. time frame. And then with just, just because of what we have in the account of the Christmas story. And then like when we have the nativity, we're talking like it's a year and a half, two years later, the wise men came. Yep. They found a two-year-old toddler yep. Jesus. Yeah. So that little cute little manger or nativity scene you have, the wise men need to be on the shelf way across yeah. your, your living room somewhere yeah. else because they were still traveling yep. when Jesus the was in The shepherds would have been there. The shepherds were there. It says they found him lying in a manger, but the wise men, nowhere. Again. Also. Misconception. Also, misconception of what is it? Four, five, three? I don't know. Um, we three kings. We three kings. There was there was no uh, no there evidence. was no re- evidence that there was three people. Now they gave him three gifts, yes. which makes it we three kings. Plus, you can't have like one thousand magi just sitting around. Which I would personally love to see that. Yeah, just like a thousand magi showing up to Mary and Joseph's house. Like we've got gold and we've got myrrh and right. we've got frankincense. Well, here's the deal, yeah. right? When you think about we three kings, mm-hmm. each of them brought a gift. It's kind of like a potluck, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, mm-hmm. hey, everybody brought something to the potluck. Good yeah. for you. You followed the rules. But if like a hundred showed up and the only three of them bought presents, you're like, well, somebody's skimping. Yep. Somebody put a little something in their pocket <laughs> uh, during yeah. the journey from the east. Yeah. Uh, where, where's the other gifts, homies? So yeah, we that's another misconception. Yeah. There, we don't know there was three. There could we don't be three hundred. I really hope there was three because it'd be you know. Maybe. Also, Mary and Joseph were were pretty poor, so I feel like if there was a thousand magi that all brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they'd be pretty set for life. Loaded. You know, so I feel Loaded. like there were probably was a very small number of magi, mm. but it doesn't actually say three. Yeah. Interesting to note that they gave them gold, yeah. which is quite costly, mm-hmm. frankincense, which is a perfume, yep. and then myrrh, which is like a burial yeah. uh, like spice of, of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. But myrrh actually, it was like worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Do you know that? So really? like they gave them a lot of costly gifts and it's speculated that Mary and Joseph may have used those and hawked them, so to speak, yeah. to pay for their flight to Egypt to get yeah. out of there. Because yeah. they had to go live somewhere else and set up shop in a new land. Yeah, because Herod was literally smoking babies. What? Like, <laughs> just walking through. And ever. Just, I've heard somebody refer to it as smoking babies. And he was just murking it's all these babies. very sad situation. It's a sad I don't think we should be laughing happened. about that. It happened uh, 20 500 years ago. Well, so, I'm just saying there know, was a lot of weeping and there tears was. and lamentations Look, happening. It, people in make Bethlehem fun of tragedies all the time that happened, you know, 20 years ago. Sure. So it's not, I feel like nobody's alive nowadays and be like, that's offensive that you made fun of well, the murder of the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, final final kind of misconception that Ooh, I think give me a lot of people one. say, uh, you know, they have this stable, they have, you know, wood and blah, blah, blah. Some people think he was, you know, just born in a cave. 
Well, mm-hmm. that's it makes sense because a cave would be a, a very common place to keep livestock. Yep. Yeah. Um, also a manger or or the like they laid him in the manger. It's a feeding trough. Mm-hmm. It was carved out of stone. Mm-hmm. It was a wet, damp, nasty thing to do. Yep. It was not a nice scenario that our King Jesus was born into. That was what I thought about the other day because uh, they showed, you know, something basically like kind of baby Jesus in a manger. I saw a picture of it or whatever. And it's always just like golden straw and it's like perfectly crafted like you know and it's like not true nah that's not like the straw was probably dirty and gross and you know it's like also hey i was i was i was reading the christmas story earlier today think about this okay um so joseph and mary Mm -hmm. they get called back for Mm -hmm. the census Mm -hmm. they have to go back from whence they came right so they had to go to bethlehem even though they were living in Ding, ding. Nazareth, yep. right? For all you out there taking the quiz. So they had to go back to Bethlehem. Uh-huh. But that's where they're from. Yeah. It says they could find no room at the inn. They could find no room with family members that yeah. were living there. No cousin. Hey. No auntie. No yeah. uncle. Why could they find no place to stay? Not even family to stay with. Uh, it's because of the Telemundo telenovela yep. that had happened where they're like, oh, sure. Your betrothed is pregnant by the holy spirit so they were outcasted even from their own family because and this is i think another thing that people think about is they think oh joseph and mary it says that joseph was married to to mary sure but we don't or well it says that joseph was mary's husband we have no concept of how the jewish marriage system it actually says that they were betrothed they were well in certain versions, it says betrothed. I think yes. in my version, it says married. Okay. Um, but betrothed is a better understanding of that sure, because yeah. basically, you know, and it word gets around fast, just like it gets around in any small community. Yes, sir. It's not like you're living in the middle of Austin like we are, where it's like you can, you know, have sex and get pregnant and like nobody's going to know about it. Sure. It's like in that in that day and age, you got pregnant and everybody in the town knew about everybody it. Everybody knew. And then it's like, yeah. God gave you his baby. Sure. Sure. Okay. It's either you're sleeping with Joseph or which Joseph thought you're sleeping with somebody else. Sure. I didn't sleep with you. Te- that's why I say it's a telenovela. Hot or, drama. You know, so it's like, and, and that's, I think a good point too, about like just even Jesus's life in general, he was always seen as this, you know, like a uh, love child. I mean, the, the best way to say it, it's not like a, the milkman came. Yeah. Basically. Basically. That's, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. But it's like, it's just, you know, and so it's like, you know, you got all these people that's just like, yeah, we're not letting you stay here. You're a, you know, and no better way of putting it, like a, a whore. It's like. Kind, I mean, listen. The that, that's what they would have thought, right? Yes. It was a tawdry affair. Yeah. There's no way. And mm-hmm. The whole thing's crazy. But what what's mind blowing is, um, and this is something that's not part of the Hallmark mm-hmm. kind of misconceptions. When you read the Christmas story, the thing that stands out most is incredible amounts of faith. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the thing that stands out absolutely most is the goodness of God. Yeah. That He would come, He would give, He would be born. Uh, like as a, a baby and yeah. he would live a life in this flesh for us. That's yeah. the craziest thing. But second to that would be, of course, the faith of these people, this faith of this young 13 to 15 year old girl, yeah. the faith of this guy, Joseph, yeah. who doesn't get enough airtime. Yeah. In my opinion, it's like, yep. hey, he totally should have, the Bible says, put her away silently. Mm-hmm. But instead, okay, I'm going to get a little, I'm going to get a little M for mature Do here. It. Yeah. I'm going to get M for mature here. He he not only believes what the angel of the Lord yeah. says to him as true, he takes her and keeps her as her betrothed. Yeah. He doesn't put her out. Mm-hmm. And he also keeps it in his pants. Yeah. 
the whole time. He's yeah. like, I'm going to honor what's going on here. Yeah. There's a lot of faith there. Yeah. Lots of faith. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. It's like, you know, we obviously focus on Mary as as the as the focal point of this, which, I mean, she should. She I think, is awesome. I think that's another thing that's amazing about the Christmas story is like, I mean, you look at every other story about uh, about like, you know, in, in other religions and, you know, just women aren't focused on enough. And mm-hmm. here you have, I mean, so many times in the Bible you have women as the central point. I mean, obviously Mary would have been the one that that would have had to have had the baby. I mean, Joseph can't have the baby, sure. but it's like to go through that. And then also to show, you know, her, her relationship with him throughout the rest of the Bible. It's like, that's an amazing story of a, yeah. of a mother's love, you know, for her child. But it's, you know, like you're saying, I think that Joseph does deserve a little bit more credit because in that day and age, I mean, he could have brought her out and said, she was betrothed to me. She had sex with someone else. Let's stone her. Let's stone her. That was, you know, biblically correct. Didn't and do that. He had the he had the 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 cultural right to do that. Cultural right to do that. But they it's like he had that. the you know the cojones to say, look, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna respect her. I'm well, gonna marry but it's her. because he went, hey, listen, like the angel of the Lord came to me in a dream and showed me this. Yeah, I'm gonna believe what God showed mm-hmm. to me. Right, yeah. what God showed showed me. Um, also talking about faith. Let's go back. Let's talk about the wise men. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the wise men coming for years. Mm-hmm. And this is not like me driving from Austin to San Antonio in my truck yeah. and being like, bro, that was a rough drive. Mm-hmm. We're talking about dangerous, yeah. long, arduous journey mm-hmm. because somehow, some way, some people might say, and I also believe this pretty firmly, mm-hmm. that they might have been leftover inhabitants in Babylon. Ooh. that were trained by Daniel. Daniel, I so like that. So they were seers of dreams. I haven't heard as, that one. Oh, really? No. They were seers of dreams as well as knew that the Messiah would come. How else? Who's coming from the East yeah. that knows that the Jewish Messiah is yeah. coming? Who, if it's wh- not who else some, to train them, right? Exactly. Yeah. So so Book of Daniel, so on and so forth. Hey, they know exactly the date and the time mm. he's supposed to come. And here's here's why I also think that. Because when they come... They, they come and they come to Herod and they go, hey, do you know where the king has been born? Yeah. Right? We come to worship him. You actually, you don't worship kings, mm-hmm. right? You show homage mm-hmm. to kings, but they came to worship, it mm-hmm. says. So, and and here's the crazy part. Then Herod brings all the, the scribes and the Pharisees mm-hmm. out and they're like, yeah, he's in like, I mean, the scriptures say he's in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Yeah. The wise men must have been thinking, well, why aren't you there, you yeah. turds? Yeah. We've come across the world. Yeah. You're like literally a um, stone's yeah. throw, like down the like, road yeah, is Bethlehem. Day and a half, yeah. Like not even that far. Yeah. Like you could hit it with a water balloon <laughs> launcher, dude. Like it was yeah. it's close. Yeah. Like right now, if you're going, if you're at the temple, yeah. like where Herod would be, it's a water balloon launcher to That's Bethlehem. True. Yeah. It's very close. And they're probably thinking, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> You morons. Yeah. Like, how come we have to tell you what the scriptures say? Yeah. So that's a crazy thing. I mean, that's another crazy thing. Gosh, there's so many, like, not misconceptions, but just like uh, we always do a, like a little quiz or whatever. And I think it's more important that you realize, like, the, the, importance because i think it it doesn't necessarily like lower the view of what the christmas story is like everybody wants to think like jesus was born in this glorious manner and like uh we read my son a a story and um the last few nights we've been reading uh to him from um from the from the christmas story like basically from jesus coming to the earth and i just read the same story and he in the part of the of the bible that uh, we're reading it says like the whole earth held its breath and it's like 
I do like to think that everybody was an ex- expectantly waiting, but the reality is it was just a, probably another Tuesday for people, it's, you know? That's the craziest thing. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people in their minds think that the birth of Jesus is is the birth of Simba on Pride <laughs> yeah. Rock and the Lion King. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, dude. Yeah. It was another yeah. Tuesday night. It wasn't it even was, a weekend. Yeah. It wasn't even popping. Yeah. It was boring. It was Tuesday. a it was a work the day. The census was going the on. Taxes People were, were angry. Due. People were ticked. <laughs> Family was angry. Like it was a bad uh, yeah. day. And Jesus came into yeah. the world. That's what I think is the most amazing yeah. thing. But I, I think it's just like I mean, and that's where that's where it's it's almost more important to me that it's so humbling. I mean, Philippians two has mm. has been really a, a verse that I've it always pops up for me. I think like to say that it's my life verse would be or my life chapter would be very important. Like I learned it a long time ago in Bible college, mm-hmm. and since then it always pops up, and yeah. I don't know why it happens, but. It's like, you know, Jesus came in the form of a servant, mm. humbled. He he could have come in any way. He could have come and literally just replaced Herod and said, look, I'm the guy, you know? And instead he chose to come as an insignificant child being born in dirt and filth and animal poop. And it's like, you know, that was, and being born of a, a you know, many people thought, you know, being a, a bastard child. It's sure. just like, and, and yet he comes and he deals with all of this, all of this oppression, this, you know, basically this upbringing, not from a rich family at all, from a very poor family. Yeah. And, you know, he's a savior of the world. It's like, that's almost more impactful in my life to think about that than if he would have ever come in some glorious moment of, it's like he recognized that his glory was was at the end of his life. I don't feel like any of us would, would have second guessed it if God manifested himself in a way of royalty. Yeah. Because he deserves royalty. Yeah. He is the king. Mm-hmm. It would be right for him to do so. Yeah. Like I, I, if that was our history, if that's what, what God had done, hypothetically speaking, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, you're, you're totally right to do that, mm-hmm. God. Yeah. But Matthew 20, 28 always sticks with me because it kind of matches up with Philippians like you were talking about. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, yeah. to give his life as a ransom for many. This idea, this Christmas season, that I want my family and I, I want everybody to really like hone in on, is that God Almighty, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Alpha and Omega, creator of the heavens and the earth, humbled himself mm-hmm. it's one thing to die yeah for someone you love i i could say that about my wife or my children right now hey i would die for you mm-hmm. but to humble myself daily mm-hmm. for 33 years straight yeah that's another thing yeah that's a totally different thing it really is yeah and i think like uh, i think a really good thing to remember something that i think about is like I think a lot of times you, especially around Christmas and the holiday season, but it's like we always hyper focus on those that don't have as much as we do. Right. So, I mean, there's Thanksgiving, you know, feast that, that we give to the homeless people. You know, we always, uh, you know, a lot of times, a lot of like, you know, orphan stories come up and like all these stories about people helping out those that are less fortunate. I mean, I think that there's like something that's literally deeply ingrained in our spirit that says, 
like you have to help out those that are that are forgotten about in the world because i mean it's like you think about it at the very beginning of the you know once again i recognize that we have not appropriated this holiday season but it's like i recognize this holiday season has been built around you know the you know jesus and the winter solstice so it's like i'm not saying that for all time like the first century church certainly didn't celebrate Christmas right. on, you know, on December 25th. Sure. But I'm saying now I just feel like because everything is about Jesus and his birth on this in this world, I think that there is something that's just deeply ingrained in our spirit to want to reach out and help those that are less fortunate and help those that are, you know, forgotten about in society because that's very much what Jesus would have been, you know, for the first, you know, many years of his life and probably even into his adulthood. Yeah. I'm sure that he had to overcome a lot of different challenges preaching for the first couple of times and people looking at him and going, weren't you Mary's kid? Right. That was yeah. born of God. Yeah. Sure. Weren't you know, you that right. Guy? Yeah. Right. Like, and yeah. so it's like, you know, I just can't help but think about the, you know, kind of obstacles that he had to overcome in his life. You know, I think that that's one thing, like when reading the Christmas story, we've seen it so much, Charlie Brown, nativity sets in yeah. front yards. Like it's just, it's become innocuous mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. But, I think this Christmas season, one thing I've been encouraging people to do, and I really feel like I've been encouraged to do, is to read the Bible with uh, imagination. And that doesn't mean make up things that aren't there. Certainly not. As much as smell the smells, hear the sounds, like think about what it would be like Mm -hmm. to be a young 13-year-old girl being told Mm -hmm. you're about to enter into a lifetime of ridicule or a young, or or a man who is to marry that girl or a God who would take off his royal crown and robes and humble himself. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that feel like? And and what's my response to that feeling? That's this Christmas season. Like Mm -hmm. when I open gifts, when I rush to the Christmas tree in the morning, because I'm 36 years old and I still love me a present. (laughs) Yeah. When I rush there in the morning, why am I rushing? Yeah. I'm rushing there because I've already received the gift. It's good. Like the gift is Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the reason for the season. And I, I want to get away from a lot of these misconceptions and yeah. really focus in and meditate on his goodness this Christmas season. Yeah, that's good. Last thing. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you one of those people that will refuse to say happy holidays or oh, do you, are you like a Merry Christmas all the way? Or I'm will a you? Merry Christmas guy all the yeah. way. And I even, I, I, I don't say Merry Christmas, but I say like a halfway <laughs> in between to people. Yeah. I go Merry Christmas. Yeah. To people. What about, do you, do you, you uh, hate uh, Xmas? Um, I don't mind Xmas. Yeah. Um, Why don't I, you mind it? Because it's a cross. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind it. But somebody had stern words with me yesterday, though. And they were like, happy holidays. The <laughs> etymology also goes back to happy holy day. So you should be okay with that as well. I was like, hey, bro, you do you. That's from the Satan. That's, yeah. That's that. But oh, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. That's yeah. Not yeah but I, I am a Merry Christmas kind of guy. Yeah. I like, I like to really like try to be as firm with it as possible. I will, uh, when I'm working, I, I work for a secular company, so I have to say sure. happy holidays. I, I definitely don't want to lose my job. God's given me a great job and I don't want to lose it by saying Merry Christmas. Um, but what I will do is I'll say happy holidays. And if the person says Merry Christmas, I literally go, Merry Christmas to you. Like, I'm so happy that I can say Merry Christmas to somebody else. It's so nice. So nice. Maybe you should try my trick and go halfway between a happy holidays and a happy holy days. And it might sound something like a happy holidays. (laughs) 
Maybe. <laughs> maybe they would like a that. Stroke. Or happy maybe, holidays. Yeah, maybe they think you had a stroke <laughs> mid happy holidays. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's great. So, anyways, hey. well, that's the podcast on Christmas. Man, I just Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry to Christmas you. to you guys out there. Yeah. We, you know, we, we're so thankful for you guys listening. Thank you. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Biblical Lenses, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Biblical Lenses. And you can head to the website at BiblicalLenses.com. Check out show notes and more episodes. We do release a fresh podcast every week. We try to. Um, and we would love it if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Batman smells Robin laid an egg. Mr. Freeze? No. 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 Um, Jingle bells, Batman smells Robin laid an egg. Batmobile. Batmobile lost its wheel. And the Joker. Joker. Ran away. Ran away! Yep. And the Joker ran away. Yep. That might not be right, but happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. (laughs)